Hello and welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. This is Pastor Lyle Phillips, and we are so grateful that you are tuning in. We pray that this message blesses and encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Matthew chapter one is where we are headed today. We are gonna read seven verses of scripture. Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25 and dive into our last installment of expectation. So are you guys ready to go? You guys expect it? Let's go. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Bible says before they came together, you guys know what that means. Like it's before matrimony as well as physical intimacy, okay? This is a supernatural, miraculous story that we're hearing about the birth of the Messiah. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Somebody say, that's a good dude right there. That's a good dude. Joe is a good man. But as he considered these things, everybody say, but as he considered these things. things. It's little things like that in the scripture that you have to pay attention to. Because those are the portions that are so easy to gloss over. But if you read it through a few times, you're like, what is it that he was considering? We'll get to that in a minute. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. I would like that encounter. How about that for the year of the level up? I'll take a dream, Lord. I'd like to have an angelic encounter, God. Anybody else in here? I don't know. When I read things like that, I just start praying it out. Like, come on, God, pick me too. You know? And so an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and he says, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear. Look at the person next to you say, do not fear. Now that's a word for you entering into 2020. Do not fear. Hey, if you're trying to leave something behind in 2019, can I vote that what you leave behind is fear? That in your 2020, that you would step into the new year with your hands lifted high in victory, leaving fear in 19 and pressing into expectation for what Jesus has for your life in 2020. So the angel of the Lord says, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Did anybody else notice that God gives Joseph, the father, the empowerment and permission to actually name the Messiah? You know, Joseph is participating in this supernatural and divine story himself. He says, his name shall be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that is the prophet Isaiah that Matthew is quoting there, who prophesied the birth of the Messiah 700 years previous. It's pretty phenomenal. Would you agree? And so when Joseph woke from sleep, 
he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took action right away. He was immediately obedient. When I read things like this, I just ask God questions in prayer like, God, what would you have done if Joseph did not immediately obey? You know, that's, those are things I think about as I'm reading through the scripture because I recognize that as God gives a word, his method is so often a man or a woman, right? And we have to partner, we have to agree, and we have to surrender, and we have to say yes. How many of you are ready to say yes to God in 2020? Come on, yes is a tiny three-lettered word, right? It's a very small hinge but it opens the big door of writing history. That's how we change the world. We partner with the dream of the Holy Spirit over our lives by saying yes and immediately springing into action when God speaks. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Do I need to explain that part? That word know there is the Greek word genosko, which is a physical knowing. It is an intimate knowing. Uh, it's an interesting word study if you want to dive into what it means to know someone biblically. Like I know my wife <laughs> biblically, like Joseph knew Mary biblically after Jesus was born. That word comes from the Hebrew word yada as it talks about Adam knew Eve and they conceived a child. It's also the word that Jesus uses when he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for you never knew me. It's an intimate knowing. It's not an intellectual knowing. It's not just a, you know, oral confession, but it's actually an intimacy. It's a participation with the divine on a spiritual soul, mind, internal level that gives us permission to partner with God and to see the miraculous that he has for us. So I just say, God, I want to know you more in 2020. I want to surrender to you more in 2020. I want to say yes to you more right now for my 2020, God. Whatever the dream is over my life, I say yes. Amen. Like Joseph had a dream. I love what Lou Engle says about dreams. He said, you think you have a dream, but you don't have a dream. God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. Isn't that a good word? Good word, Papa Lou. So as I read through this scripture, that little phrase, as he considered these things, just popped out at me. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a lot of folks I know at the end of 2019. They're considering some things. They're considering what's going on in their season. They're considering what's happened in this past year. And I thought about what it might be that Joseph was considering. Number one, I think Joseph was absolutely heartbroken. I really do believe that because he would not go to the links that he is going to, to protect Mary, did he not have a big well of affection for her? Wow. If he didn't care, he'd be like, divorce, and you know, get her into some trouble right. with the courts because this was actually illegal to be found with child prior to actually being married. Joseph was considering the fact that his fiance is now pregnant and the baby isn't his. You know, that's a tough one. My fiance is pregnant and the baby isn't mine, right? 
He knows that the baby is not his and he knows what Mosaic law says, that he legally has to divorce this woman now that she has become pregnant with somebody else's kid. Uh, but he also might be considering the fact that he really desperately wants to protect her. Like I said at the beginning, it's because he loves her. So as he's considering how things are not going his way, as he is considering how terrible things are in his situation, God speaks to him by giving him a dream. It's amazing to me what can happen in our hearts, what can happen in our lives through the birthing of one dream. Just one word. It's amazing what can shift. And God's message, message to Joseph in this dream is essentially this. It's going to be better than you expect. Right? He's like, Mary is expecting. I'm expecting to file legal papers for divorce. I'm expecting to be absolutely heartbroken for a while. My fiance obviously cheated on me. He's expecting a lot of bad things, but then God gives him a dream and in the dream says, it's going to be better than you expect. Yes. Which leads me to the title of today's message, which is even better than expected. So we've been talking about expectation all month and today we're gonna talk about even better than expected. All right, so Lord, we just pray. We ask you to help us throughout this message. Lord, we thank you, God, for showing up each and every time we call on your name. We thank you that you're here this morning. We thank you that so many friends are in the room. We thank you for bringing Kate back safely to us, God. We thank you for ministering to us and transforming us in the way that you want and not just the way that we ask. God, go above everything we could ask, think, or imagine for 2020 and put God dreams in our heart today in Jesus' name. If you receive that, just say amen. Amen. So we've been talking about expectation and now we've reached the part in the Christmas story where Mary is actually expecting. And Mary is not married, obviously. And that's a big problem in the time of Jesus. I don't know if you guys remember this, if you read through Deuteronomy in 2019 at all. Most people don't think that's their uh, first book they're going to go to, you know, as they read through the Bible. But in Deuteronomy chapter 22, there is a law and it says she shall be brought to the door of her father's house and there the men of her town shall stone her to death. She has done an outrageous thing in Israel by being promiscuous while still in her father's house. You must purge the evil from among you. Whoa. By law, this was the sentencing for a young woman who was betrothed to be married and turned up pregnant prior to the ceremony. Wow. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 21 said, you have to stone this person. And so I believe Joseph being the son of David, right? He has a religious lineage. He's Jewish. He went up reading the scroll, right? And going to temple. And so he is very well aware of Mosaic law and he understands what is to be the result of his situation. More importantly, his fiance's situation. And so he wants to protect her. He wants to cover her. He wants to help her and remain safe. But nonetheless, this is extremely painful for Joseph. I did a little research this week on what it looks like to go through the process of getting married in ancient Israel. Um, it's a little bit different than it is to get married today in Nashville, Tennessee. The, the, one of the big things that I noticed right from the 
right from the get go is that you did not find the one. That, that was an interesting uh, thing to learn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in some ways, like that's a bit of a bummer because, you know, we love to fall in love, uh, you know, but in other ways, that was a lot less pressure. You know, think about how much stress you have or have had in your life over finding the right person to marry. And ancient Israel just wasn't something you had to worry about. Because your parents determined the one for you. And, you know, it's just like pretty stress free, right? Who am I going to marry? What am I going to buy? How am I going to propose? Don't worry about it. You know, your dad's got it. And uh, it may not always be somebody you want, but it's somebody whom your family picks and says, this is going to be the best uh, person for you. Some of us are getting ready to go home for Christmas and be with our family. And we wish we could have picked uh, somebody's spouse that was in our family. It's like, yo, man, this would have been a lot better under Mosaic law. Like it would have been great, man. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's like, that's, that's how it goes down in ancient Israel, okay? It's like your parents, they, they meet with somebody else's parents and then they determine that you two are gonna get married and then they have a lawyer in the midst of it and you get legal documents out and everybody signs them and then you're legally married at that moment. Like legally, it's finished, but you don't get the benefits of marriage. So here's where it gets kind of, tough. You know, it's like you're legally obliged to marry someone and you cannot mess up the betrothal. Okay. Cause that's a big deal. It's very public, very shameful, and you may not get to get married again. So it's a, you know, there's some pros and cons of this whole ancient Israel marriage process here. But after that legal documents and all that stuff is signed, you have one year to get to know one another. Okay. So that is where Joseph and Mary are in their process. And a lot of scholars believe that they are right there at the end of the year. And I have to think that that's true. I have to agree with them because how is it that Joseph would have developed a capacity for loving Mary to the extent that he was willing to lay his life on the line to protect hers had he not been given the privilege to get to know this wonderful young lady? And she obviously was awesome because God picked her. You know what I mean? And so there's somewhere in this year, probably towards the tail end of the year. And a breakup at this point is a very legal, very public thing. So it's not something you want to endure or experience. And then the third part of a Jewish marriage would be the actual wedding celebration. And it's very interesting uh, the way that they did this. It's, it's, some parts are beautiful. Some parts are just gross. So I'm not going to go into all of them. But basically, the bridegroom goes to the bride's house where she is still living with her dad. Right. She's still living with her parents and the bridegroom has this big processional. It's this big party. His friends are with him. You know, Jesus alludes to it in the parable of the ten virgins. Right. You guys remember that? Yeah. So he's on his way over. The bridegroom gets there. There's this exchange where the father of the house gives his daughter to the bridegroom. The bridegroom then takes the bride to his house where they're going to live. And that is where they consummate the marriage. And if it is found out that you guys consummated, you were sneaking around a little hokey pokey in one of the tents. Big trouble in ancient Israel. 
You could get in a lot of trouble for that, bring disgrace upon your family, all kinds of social problems. So it wasn't something that you did. So you, you see, you understand, you have to understand the cultural context that for Mary to turn up pregnant was actually had tremendous implications. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, you know, she got pregnant before the time. Let's hurry up and get them married before she starts the show. It wasn't like that. All right. This, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm just being funny with you guys today. All right. It's Christmas. I'm excited. All right. So that's the process. We have to understand the process because we need to understand the implications. All right. This is, the, you know, the Christmas story is beautiful for us, but we can't just be nostalgic about the Christmas story. You do know that getting nostalgic about Jesus is the religious way of ignoring Jesus. It's like, oh, it's just a nice story. It's just great. You know, this is very radical. This is a shaking of the earth. I mean, there is a new era that is about to begin. God has supposedly been silent for 400 years, right? A new covenant is about to embark. The son of God that has been prophesied for thousands of years is about to advent right? This is a pretty phenomenal story, the Christmas story. It's not just a fairy tale. It's actual history. It's God's story. So the two of them, they're in like stage two. Joseph learns that Mary is pregnant. This is a big deal. The law uh, demands that he has to divorce her. And um, I just want you guys to consider for a minute Joseph's unmet expectations. We're talking about expectations, right? Joseph had all these expectations that all of these things was going to go great for him. After all, Joseph was a pretty good guy. It says, the Bible says he was a just man, right? So we know that Joseph was actually a good guy. We know that Joseph is also of the lineage of King David. So he comes from a good family. He comes from a family that God is using to birth the lineage of Messiah. Uh, We know that he's found a good girl, or at least so he's thought up to this point, right? Joseph loved Mary, so he's going to protect her despite her infidelity. And one of the things that 2019 has taught me, I don't know about you, but sometimes unmet expectations happen to good people. I don't know if you guys have recognized that, if you've gone through that this year, but I think at least for some of us, Joseph's story sounds a little bit like our 2019. (laughs) You know, Joseph, he's, he's here at this end of his betrothal. He's like, I'm almost there. I've got these great expectations. I'm going to get married. It's going to be awesome. My wife is gorgeous. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait for this to happen. And then boom, unmet expectations. It's the end of a, I can't believe that this is happening to me. Joseph didn't even do anything wrong. You notice that Joseph has been scandalized. He didn't, even, he didn't even make any mistakes. Like he, he did everything by the book. Like he followed counsel. He followed Proverbs. He followed his pastor's advice. I don't know. Like he's a good guy making great decisions. And then all of a sudden, you know, his, his fiance is pregnant. He's been scandalized. He's also been victimized. He didn't do anything to deserve this. He hadn't sown any wild oats. This should not have been Joseph's portion. So Joseph begins his year dreaming all about getting married, getting married. He expects this wonderful life. And now all of his hopes are smashed. And he, he's probably thinking to himself, what do I have to look forward to now? What do I have to expect in this new year? 
For some of us, you're thinking, what do I have to expect for 2020? I mean, I have written down dreams and goals and resolutions and I have prayed and I have planned and I've gone on fast at the beginning of the year and nothing has got any different for me. What do I really have to expect? And that's when God shows up with a dream and says, oh, Joseph, it's going to be so much better than you expect. 2020 is going to be so much better than you expect. I'm going to say it again and declare this prophetically over your life. 2020 is going to be so much better than you expect. Is that okay? It's okay if you don't believe me. Ask the Lord if it's from him. 2020 is going to be so much better than you expect. And God was able to give Joseph this word through a dream, which I find very fascinating because I love to research dreams. I love to talk about my dreams. The first thing I recognized about our city, Nashville, was that this was a city of dreamers, right? So many people move to this city. They have dreams. They're going to hit it big, going to make a lot of money. They're going to become well-known. They're going to excel in their career. Like we are in a city where we are constantly surrounded by dreamers. And guess who loves to dream? God. Guess who loves to speak through dreams? God. God took Joseph's unmet expectations and he increased those expectations through dreams. Instead of unmet expectations, Joseph received new expectations. And the angel, he speaks out to Joe. He's like, hey, number one is don't fear. If you're taking notes, just write that down over your 2020. 2020, you know, hashtag don't fear. Don't fear. He says, take Mary as your wife. I know this is hard to believe, but the baby is actually from me, the Holy Spirit. I've put it in her and it's a boy. His name is Jesus. And guess what? He's Messiah. Now, I just want you to think for a minute at how mind blowing Joseph's life becomes, because in one minute, you know, to put yourself in his in his shoes, right? You're like, okay. I now have terrible expectations of what is to come. My teenage fiance is pregnant with a baby that is not mine. And then as a result of one dream, he's over here. Okay, hold on. Now I am preparing to be the father of the Messiah who is the son of God that I'm supposed to name Jesus after having a dream and an angel manifesting themselves to me and telling me what the word of the Lord is. That's a pretty big shift. On this side, you have a a pregnant fiance and on this side, you're preparing to become the literal earthly father of the son of God. That's like, I don't know if there could be a bigger shift. Teenage mom, Fathering the son of God. That's what one dream can do. That's what one word of God can do in your life. That's what one dream that comes from heaven can do in your life. It can take all of your unmet expectations and it can give you new expectations. It could give, it could take all of your heartbreak and it could bring you breakthrough. It could take all of your tears and it could bring you great joy. That's what one word of the Lord can do for you in the new year. Joseph was finishing his year saying, man, what a bummer. Everything that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I don't know if I have any more faith to dream. I don't know if I have any more strength to believe. Some of you guys are there this morning. But then what does God do? God faithfully shows up to his kids. 
And he says, here's a word, here's a dream. Here's a word and here's a dream. One dream from God can change anything. And I love what my dad used to teach me as a kid. He used to always tell me, son, when you have a word from God, you're fearless. I mean, think about that. The great variable of what you can accomplish in your life is a word from heaven. Right? The absence of a word from God, you're fearful. The presence of a word from God, you're fearless. You can step into any situation with courage because you know that God has already prepared the outcome for you in advance. That's what a word of God does. So God gives the word. God gives the dream. Verse 24 says, and when Jesus, or excuse me, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. So Joseph gets this dream and what happens? He springs into immediate action, immediate obedience. When God gives Joseph this dream, he springs into immediate action. When God gives you a dream, Joseph is teaching you how to respond. You spring into immediate action. Look at the life of Joseph. He's showing us how to respond when God gives a word. When God speaks a word over your life, when God prophesies into your heart, what do you do? You take immediate action. When God gives a dream, you take immediate action. What do you do when God gives you a dream? You guys got it. That's my one big point today, okay? Here's my one big point. When God gives you a dream and you take action, I got a slide for it, it's going to be even better than expected. Okay, this is the one big point. Write it down. You can write down your journal. When God gives a dream and you take action, it's going to be even better than expected. You guys remember Ephesians chapter three, right? He's like, above anything you can ask, think, or imagine. That means as big as you can imagine, God wants to do more. That means as much as you could possibly spend an entire afternoon asking for, God wants to do more. So when God gives you a dream and you take action, it's going to be even better than expected. Now, I want you to notice something real quick. I said, when God gives you a dream, not when you give God a dream. <laughs> Let me say it again. Not when you give God a dream. I'm talking about when God gives you a dream. Have you ever noticed this? That oftentimes um, it's not us obeying the dream of God over our life, but we are demanding that God obey our dreams over our life. So instead of receiving a dream from God, we are giving dreams to God. And that's how we end up with unmet expectations. Because we have unmet expectations. I can't talk today. I don't know. It must be the Holy Ghost. We'll have, we'll have unmet expectations because we'll get angry that God hasn't done things on our timeline. It's interesting that we actually believe that God is obligated to do our dreams on our timeline. That, that's, that's, what you, that's where you get unmet expectations. But whenever God gives you a dream and you take immediate action, things are going to go way better than you expect. 
So how do you get a dream? That's what I was thinking about uh, this week. I was like, okay, God, I want a dream. I want an angelic encounter. I want to have an experience. I want to have a word over 2020. And uh, God reminded me that in order to dream, you've got to lay down. I mean, I guess you could sleep in a lazy boy. You could, I mean, it's just, just pretend like that's the way you dream, okay? It's like, that's the way I felt like the Lord told me. He said, listen, to dream, you need to lay down. And then he followed it up like this. Revelation comes to the rested. Think about that. Revelation comes to the rested. When do you tend to get words from God? When do you tend to dream any bigger than your schedule for the week? Right? It's when you're rested. It's when you're laying down. It's when you take a time out from the hustle and the bustle of your lifestyle to get with God long enough to say, God, I'm not just going to pray and demand that you obey my dreams for the year. I'm not just going to give you a list of my resolutions and say, okay, God, hop to it. I'm going to rest. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to silence myself long enough to hear from heaven. And I'm going to spring into immediate action on the basis of whatever you say. Because I know when I do that, it's going to be even better than I expect. So revelation comes to the rested. You need a dream for your 2020. And that is a God dream, not a good dream. That is a God dream, not a you dream. You need a dream for your 2020 that originates in the heart of God, not within your mind. So as, I, as I've been praying this week and, and I really sought the Lord for what to proclaim and declare over the year 2020. And this is what I feel like the word of the Lord is for our house. Year 2020, the year that dreams come true. The year dreams come true. Not the dreams you give to God, but the dreams that God has given to you. 2020, receive it as a prophetic word. Just receive it as a prophetic word. The year dreams come true. What have you been dreaming about? What has God put in your heart that you've been dreaming about saying, I can't wait for this to happen. I declare in 2020 that this is the year that dreams come true. Now we're gonna share some of our specific dreams in January on the 19th. We're gonna have Vision Sunday. We're gonna talk about some dreams that God has given us, given the leadership team about what we're, what we're believing God to accomplish through us for the year 2020. And just real quick, if you have no idea how to do any of this, can I give you some practical points before we light a candle? Yeah. And, and sing our way into Christmas. Is that okay? All right, I'm gonna give you some practical points. If you're like, that's awesome, Lyle, that's amazing. I just, I don't even know how to hear from God. I don't know how to get a dream from heaven. I have no clue. Let me give you a quick scripture. Habakkuk, right? Whoever hears a word from Habakkuk, all right? But today we're gonna hear a word from Habakkuk and it's gonna be quick. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So I'm gonna give you guys four points. Three of them are on the slide. The fourth one I'm just gonna share. So if you're taking notes, write it down. Number one is this. The scripture says, take your stand. What does that mean? To position yourself to receive a word from God. Position yourself to receive a word from God. Sit down. Take your phone and throw it. (laughs) I believe that in this current cultural moment, the greatest enemy of intimacy 
is technology. <laughs> just right above other people. Like just, you know what I'm saying? Because like that's, that's the intimacy or the enemy of intimacy is getting interrupted. Let me give you a word real quick. Interruption is the enemy of intimacy. For those of you who pray, write it down. All right. Because it's hard to get silent with interruption. Because silence is spiritual. You can achieve quietness in your flesh, but you can only achieve silence in the spirit. Number two is look out to see what he will say. Right? Wait, listen, and expect God to speak. Wait, listen, and expect, expect, expect God to speak. Number three is this, write the vision and make it plain. So simply write down what you feel like God says. Get your notepad out, get your journal out, you know, go through these steps. And here's what verse three says. It says, for still the vision awaits its, it, its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And here's the fourth point, share it. Share it. Write it down and share it. Share it with people. If you're not sure, if you're like, I feel like this is the dream of God over my life for 2020. And you're like, but I don't know if that's the Lord. Come share it with me. Come share it with Allison. Share it with one of your team leads. Share it with, if you're in a grow group, share it with your grow group leader, right? Say, do, do you think this is from the Lord? And give them the opportunity to weigh it. Paul teaches us to test prophetic words. And then we can look in the scripture and say, is this dream biblical? And if your friends are like, yeah, that sounds like the Lord. Your leaders are like, yeah, that sounds like the Lord. The Bible's like, yeah, that I support that. That's a dream from God. Go after it. And I want you to remember one last thing before I pray. Always align your expectations with God's word and not your previous experiences. Always align your expectations with God's word and not your previous experiences. Your past will lie to you. Your future will call out to you. God is calling out to you in his presence saying, come forth, dream again, expect again, believe again. It's time. Dreams don't write history, but obedience does. Dreams don't write history. Obedience does. So that's what we're going to pray for today. Please stand with me. Lord, we're going to go beyond dreaming in 2020. It's great to get hopeful. It's great to have confidence in you. It's great to say religious things and to declare that we're after the impossible. But Lord, just give us a spiritual craving to truly go after what the word of God says is possible in our lives. To truly see the dead raised. To truly see the blind see. To truly see the deaf hear. To truly see the lame dance. Lord, we want to see our city set on fire with revival for the person of Jesus. We are believing for our families to be called into their full purpose in 2020. And we are believing, God, for you to breathe through this community like never before, that we might see heaven poured out in our city streets. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for tuning in. If you would like to support the ministry of Legacy Nashville, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org slash give. And if you're listening by iTunes, please log into the store and give us a good rating and a review. 
it helps our podcast become available to new listeners. God bless.